Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Greatest sport ever. The greatest sport ever. Because it is a boring Thursday in May. And Ari Wasserman, we just got a press conference for the ages from Jimbo Fisher. Following a Q&A for the ages with Nick Saban last night. Yeah, you thought we were going to talk about kickoff times today. I... I thought we were going to talk about initial counters and uh, divisions. No, no, we get red meat. We get the greatest, greatest college football press conference of all time. I don't know. Perhaps I am being slightly, I don't know. No, I had the same thought, Andy. I can't think of a press conference at any sport that comes to the top of my head where the one coach overtly criticized and said the things about their counterpart the way that Jimbo Fisher said today. I, I can't either. So I, I'm thinking Les Miles' damn strong football team, like that was up there because that was like the day of the SEC championship game. But I I don't know. There have been some great outbursts. Yes. But outbursts don't equate to like seething anger because like yes. I think you could see Jimbo Fisher was stewing all you night. You hear it. it. Yeah. He was, he was furious. All right, let – We'll, we'll, we'll let Jimbo Fisher take the mic for the moment. We've got Nick Saban, too. But let's let's start with Jimbo Fisher from a few minutes ago addressing what Nick Saban said on Wednesday night, which was Nick Saban's talking at an event in Birmingham, and he says A&M bought their entire recruiting class, but Alabama did not. No, we didn't buy a single player. Jimbo Fisher responded on thursday coach uh like to respond to some comments made last night in alabama uh, yes i would first of all i'll say it's a shame that we have to do this it's really despicable it's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ more importantly 17 year old kids you're taking shots at 17 year old kids and their families and they book state laws they're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. That was pretty strong. But it got better, worse, whatever you want to call it. Here's more Jimbo. I promise you this. There are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait. I got another one. Hold on, Ari. One more. One more. What's funny, in that talk, to the left, Rob. when you walk on water, I guess, don't matter. Poor Alan Cannon trying to manage this press conference. It was off the rails from the moment it began. You know, when they give you 40 minutes time uh, of the announcement between when they, they said they were going to have a, a press conference and the press conference happened, you know that things are going about to get real, real fiery. Um and you, you call that press conference, you know, if you're a person in the information department knowing what you're calling, you know, like, I don't think that that was, I mean, I, everybody knew that he was going to be fiery. I don't know if he was going to, if people thought he was going to be that fiery. Ari, he slept on this. I know. Like, 
Imagine what it was last night when he heard what Nick Saban said. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, the, the volcano of profanity that probably came out of Jimbo Fisher's mouth. By the way, here's what Nick Saban said. So thanks to, to Wesley Siner at AL.com for, for posting this video. Nick Saban at the World Games in Birmingham. This is, this is the part of a seven-minute answer on NIL that obviously set Jimbo Fisher off, and, and you would understand why. But I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right? We didn't buy one player. All right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Poor Nate Oates, the basketball coach from Alabama, sitting next to Nick Saban, like, what have I walked into? <laughs> yeah, it was like the the Kanye West thing with uh, Michael Myers. Mike Myers. <laughs> you know that, that face of like, uh... you know, that gulp? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's so funny, too, because I don't, like, let me ask you this, Andy, because Jimbo Fisher said in his press conference, and I can't remember if it was one of the clips you played for people, but he said that they got accused of cheating. Right. Are they being accused of cheating? Yes, they're they are because being of the inducement of breaking NCAA rules regarding inducements to yeah. players, which is unenforceable and impossible to prove and should exactly. not even be a rule to begin with. And oh, by the way, guess who has been accused by many, many people over the years of inducing people to sign with his school? I mean, everybody's be, be accused at Alabama or LSU, <laughs> every single coach that's ever landed a commitment from a five-star player has been accused of it so every single one you know and it's not it's not I think that it's just an interesting dynamic right now because that rule the inducement rule cannot I, I don't know how that can be enforceable or even exist in a market where people are able to be paid only so like, only if someone is dumb enough to put in a contract to come here in writing go to that school that's yeah the so only it's like way. you can't prove what somebody's what somebody's motivation for doing anything is as long as it exists. I mean, of course. I mean, I, don't, I just don't know if there's much of a difference between come to Alabama and beat Bryce Young, win a Heisman Trophy, and, and get a bunch of money in NIL, and here's a bunch of money up front. Both are inducements to go make money. It just it just comes in a different form. So it just yeah. – the, the, the whole thing about NIL, and we joked about this on, on the podcast when we were together in Scottsdale, is that everybody just throws numbers around and everybody believes everything, right? And including like, Nick Saban. If Nick Saban just says that, but like we don't even know if that's even true. Now there's there's a, a pretty big elephant in the room, and that's uh, Texas A&M has been a solid recruiting program for many years, and then all of a sudden, coincidentally, the year right. they signed the best class in the history of recruiting is the year that NIL got passed. Okay, so I understand that there's probably something to that, but I have no doubt there's something to that. Yeah, right? yeah, but, but like in Nick thing. Saban's position, though, I don't know that I. I would just toss things out there into the yeah. atmosphere. You're Alabama. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, too, like if you're, yeah. what's that? The lion and the sheep, uh, the lion and the sheep saying a lion, doesn't the lion does himself. not concern himself with the opinions so, of the sheep. And it's like Nick Saban's already at the epitome of the sport. And I'm not sure has to prove anything else. Now I wrote a column on, on Thursday and I'm sure yours is going to get posted here pretty soon. But mine was basically just saying, that I understand why Nick Saban is upset and, and doesn't like the NIL inducements because everything that he built at Alabama organically or through the boosters, organ however you want to put it, everybody's always going to accuse everybody of paying people, but organically made Alabama's scholarship offer inherently value. He took advantage of the rules that were in place to create the biggest advantage for himself. The rules have changed and now he doesn't have that advantage. Because and what's the only way that you can outdo an Alabama scholarship? It's writing a check. Well, so, but, but wait, there's one other thing. There's there's a name we haven't mentioned in all this. It's another former Saban coordinator that I think plays a big role in this, even though he hasn't been named and isn't in the middle of this fight. Kirby Smart taking Nick Saban's infrastructure to Georgia, the place Nick Saban always said was the best job in college football. And then doing exactly what Nick Saban did. And now they've reached where Alabama is. They won the national title. They beat Alabama for the national title. Those are players that would have gone to Alabama. I mean, all, let's, here, here's what Nick Saban is looking at, really. 
Look at the 17 recruiting class at Alabama. Maybe the maybe the best recruiting class in the history of college football. Tua, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. Or no, not Jalen Waddle, uh, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. It, it's it's a just a massive class of stars. Guys who are going on to first round draft picks. Well, when did that class start getting recruited? 2015? When Kirby Probably Smart was still Yeah, when Kirby Smart was still the DC at Georgia or at, at Alabama. Yeah. And then Kirby Smart goes to, to Alabama, or excuse me, goes to Georgia from Alabama. Now, let's start looking at Georgia classes starting in 2018 when he's had a couple of years. Oh, would you look at that? The Georgia classes look just like the Alabama classes. So those are players that would have gone to Alabama. And now you've got Texas A&M taking more players who would have gone to Alabama. And what has Alabama's advantage been all along? Having the we best players. Have, yeah, we have one guy gets hurt. Okay. One guy goes early to the draft. Okay, that's fine. We've got somebody to replace him who might even be better. But guess what? When you can't sign every single guy you want, suddenly you get thin at places. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no question about it. But before the NIL era, it would have taken a Kirby Smart-like figure to go to the most advantageous recruiting program in America to, to duplicate that. Right. It's a, it's so a like, perfect storm. So like, and, 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 and that happens. There's still 100 top 100 players in Alabama, even through the NIL era, signed 10 or more of those 100 top 100 players in each of the last four classes, I think. like they, Their recruiting is insane. And the, and the whole point of, of where you're coming from, if you're Nick Saban, is that organically speaking, I created a system at Alabama that has created an inherent value that doesn't come from dollars and cents uh, when it comes to getting that scholarship offer. How many programs in America can you say have that advantage of just playing here alone is worth over a hundred grand, maybe three or four probably. Yeah. It's it's at this point, it's Alabama, it's Ohio state, it's Georgia. And maybe Clemson, maybe Clemson. Yeah. And maybe Oklahoma is a skilled player under Lincoln Riley, but we'll see. And how many years of coaching did it take Nick Saban to become the greatest of all time? You know, this is his life's work. The manifestation of his life's work is creating this Alabama program to being what it is. So if you can just reverse years and years and years of national championship runs and NFL draft picks, um, and Bill Landis wrote a great story last week about how Alabama has converted five-star prospects into high-end draft picks better than any other program in the country, including Ohio State and Georgia. It's not close. And you reverse that in a single year by writing checks, I can understand why somebody in his position would be upset. That said, they're still recruiting at a high level and i think they will continue to recruit at a high level because being bryce young or selling the potential of being bryce young i think is inherently more valuable than writing somebody a check to go somewhere worse to play for somebody worse well i i will i will go one further but first let's listen to nick saban from wednesday night because this this comment dovetails into what we're talking about here so let's let's hear a little more from nick saban this is uh, from Wesley Siner at AL.com. And my theory on that is everything that we've done in college athletics has always been equal. Your scholarship is equal. They get equal Austin, Austin money. They get equal uh, cost of attendance. Uh, they get equal academic support. They get equal medical attention. Everything has always been equal. So I told our players, I said, we're going to have a collective, but everybody's going to get the same amount of opportunity from that collective. Now, you can go earn however much you want. And I tell the recruits the same thing. Because our job is not to buy you to come to school here. And I don't know how you manage your locker room, and I don't know if this is a sustainable model, uh, because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut, I thinking I'm going to tell everybody I got that guy to come to Alabama. And then he's not going to play, and he's going to transfer, and you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. All right, so I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know how you sustain a model like that. So that's, that's Nick Saban talking about really competing business models in the new world. And 
I would argue that he's got a business model that will work better than the one he is complaining about. Because who are the types of players that you would rather have? The ones who will just take the biggest bag they can get or the ones who see the bigger picture and realize there might be more money at the end of the rainbow if they go to a place like Alabama, even if the upfront is not as much. And let's not be naive here. There is upfront. Ajay Hall, who just was suspended at Alabama and left for Texas, he had a crystal deal. Go look at his Instagram. I don't know if he had to eat all that stuff, but like he had deals. Like they, they, they all, there's a reason Nick Saban, you know, here's, I here's hope he had more. to eat that stuff. I, well, there was a night on Bur- in Bourbon Street, the, that Canal Street, Bourbon Street, Crystal. Uh, I might have ordered that much stuff and I wouldn't write for a week afterwards. So uh, <laughs> I, I hope, I hope he's okay. But uh, here's another Saban clip from, from Wednesday night. This is kind of, again, he always shoehorns a recruiting pitch into these complaints. So let's, let's hear this one. And our players last year created $3 million worth of opportunity for themselves by doing it the right way. And I have no problem with that. And nobody had a problem on our team with that because the guys that got the money earned it. So there's money at Alabama is what he's trying to tell everybody. There's money at Alabama. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's always money in the banana stand. But I I don't understand. Like the thing that that kind of annoys me is this concept of the right way. It's just always this like vague. No, the right way is being paid what you're what you're worth. And yes. like, and I understand that you might people might say, would you rather have a roster full of Alabamas who want to come there and work and then worry about getting paid later, or do you want to create a, a roster full of people who took the biggest bag? And it's like, I hate painting people who take the biggest bag in a bad light because we all take the biggest bag. Not true. We always don't. We don't always. When I came to the athletic, I took less money because the place I was at before had, had gotten bought by somebody and, and I was afraid of what was going to happen. That's true. Yeah. So in the world, though, the way that the financial sector works is that people have jobs and mm-hmm. most times out of not either get offered jobs from other places and use that as a way to get a raise at their current place or Correct. they leave their job to take a bigger job with more money involved. And there's, so and there's nothing there's... wrong with it for you and your line of work, dear listener, and there's nothing wrong with it for a football player. And what you did at The Athletic is admirable. When I came to The Athletic... It wasn't was, admirable. It was the smartest move I could make at the time. No, I know, but it, it's yeah. an admirable thing to to think long term. And when I came to the athletic, I was the first college football employee at the athletic, and nobody had ever heard of it before. My first seat was behind a it was at Indiana Stadium behind a pole. You know those like bad. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we're going to work our way up here, and it worked. It turned out to be a good thing. But I don't like the idea, and the point I was trying to make is that we are painting people who take money in a bad light, like they're right. bad people. Because this, that's that what this lazy, sport has always done. Look, I know. Go go back and, and look at the coverage of AJ Green getting suspended for for signing a jersey for an agent runner. It was like he's committed. He committed murder. Like it, it's ridiculous. So, but, but like that's the thing. It's like I would be more than fine. Like let's just say Texas A and M paid everybody for the sake of just playing along with the game. AM paid everybody a million dollars. I'd be fine trying to figure it out how, how to make it work with that class that yeah. they just brought in. Like it's not like they're like, oh, well, AM's gonna suck now because yeah. they just signed a bunch of players that don't have the right attitude and are doing it the wrong way. So like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't I don't prescribe. Well, to that and, and, and that's the thing. If 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 you don't want those, if that's not the type of player you want, then why would you be mad if you're Nick Saban? Like obviously there were somebody, there there's some people he wanted that he didn't get. Because Otherwise, the only way to neutralize what he created is to pay somebody more money than they think is is worth of the value of the scholarship to Alabama, which in my opinion should be anywhere between five hundred grand and a million dollars, because that's how much money you know the the end of the rainbow has for you at Alabama if you go there and You're actually kind, do things. Kind of like a median, yeah, a median okay, Alabama yeah. signee in this area. Yes. yes. So you have your kid turns out to be a five star quarterback, and Alabama and Saban want him this year. How much money would another program have to pay your family and your kid for him not to take the Alabama scholarship? It would have to be so much. And and, and that right but, there is what he built in his entire life's existence. And but, that is what he's and what's he worried about? Because it's not always going to be the answer. 
Like people aren't always going to think about it and view it that way. Going to play for Alabama is an investment. Smart people invest. Not everybody invests. Some it's, it's like that game we played in Scottsdale. Remember that game where we had a few beers at the hotel, and I asked everybody if I gave you a hundred thousand dollars in cash right now, you could take it tax free, go spend it however you want to spend it. Or I took a coin flip and said, if it lands on heads, I'll give you a million. But if it lands on tails, you get nothing. Most people at the at the summit that was arguing with me said they would take the money. Yeah, the hundred thousand. Yeah, Which I, I was like, the, oh, I was like, like no, the, flip that the, coin, baby. Flip the coin. Like my yes, hundred times out of a hundred times, you flip the coin. But that's not the way that people think. People want bird in the hand. But the smart people who understand what the opportunity is long term to play at Alabama see the vision. And it's not like long term is that big of a deal. Once you get to Alabama, you can go do your crystal ads. You're still going to get some money. Like it's not like you just don't get paid a dollar until right. you're 23 and, and years Bryce old. Young's getting a lot of money. I think Bryce Bryce Young was at the hotel that I got married at the day I was married in Laguna Beach. He seemed to be doing okay. Yeah, you know, and like we had a we had a group rate for the wedding, but it was a very expensive hotel to be staying in. It was probably a thousand dollars a night that night, and he was walking to his room with his nil money strapped over to the back of his his backpack. So like it's it's it's. It's working out for you at Alabama. So, like, the thing I don't understand more than anything, Andy, about this whole situation is if I were Nick Saban, I would be frustrated by my infrastructure that I created organically being jeopardized by money. But I also would feel good about who I am and and what I've accomplished enough to not say the things that he said. So, and I'm happy he did. It makes for a great podcast. It makes for a great discussion. But Nick Saban is like the Illuminati level of great. So like, I just don't even know why he would be concerned himself with Texas A&M. Well, um, it, well, it's, it's entertaining for us though. Uh, Justin Tate on, on YouTube, by the way, Saban is sliced bread. Maybe he is. Maybe it was Nick Saban who posted as sliced bread on that Oklahoma message board and said that was the initial person who threw out the $30 million figure for the Texas A&M recruiting class, which makes no sense whatsoever, but threw it out. Uh, bro Bible aggregated it. Uh, a vice president at Notre Dame believed it. It was incredible. It was, I thought that was going to be the most magical time of, yeah. of all this. Yeah. Well, at least Joey Freshwater is still kind of part of this too a little bit. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ari, we're, I'm sitting here refreshing Deion Sanders' Twitter page. Deion Sanders caught a stray last night too. Did you see? Did you see what He's Travis pissed. Hunter tweeted? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So Travis so, Hunter is the cornerback who went to Jackson State that Nick Saban talked about. Here's Nick Saban talking about this. By the way, I, I've never read this newspaper that that Nick Saban is talking about. I, I don't believe. He's read this in the newspaper either because I don't think it's been in any newspaper. But uh, this is from AL.com again. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. So, just straight up accusing Dion. Now, everybody did that when Travis Hunter decided to flip from Florida State to Jackson State. But here, here's the thing. Travis Hunter was going to get money at Florida State too. Yeah. Like, why, why does it bother you so much more that it's this school? 
Yeah. Um, it is an interesting uh, paradox because I feel like Nick Saban was saying things that were untrue as if he read it on Twitter and thought that they were, which is well, exactly what 100%, we were making. Because that, that it was never reported. Yes, lots of people on Twitter said, oh, they must be paying Travis Hunter. Well, Travis Hunter tweeted something today. That was that was fun. Read it. He, he said, "Why? And if I'm if I'm making a million dollars, why is my mom in a three bedroom house with five kids still? Could it could it be that he he wanted to be the number one recruit who went to an HBCU that that meant something to him, and that maybe he's also getting some deals, like." He was going to get deals anywhere he went. That's the part that's interesting to me is and this is this is consistent throughout the history of big time college football. There are the schools that are supposed to get these players and then there are the ones that are not. And if a school that is not supposed to get these players gets them, they must be cheating. Well, here's the deal. The way the rules are written now and the judicial issues before the NCAA where they just took a 9-0 beat down in the Supreme Court and the state laws for NIL being what they are. There are no rules. The NCAA can say all at once that you can't induce somebody with NIL money. You, they can enforce it. So there are no rules. Money is available to everyone at every school. The schools don't even have to be particularly creative about it. So this whole thing of Oh, this guy went to Ole Miss, or this guy went to Arkansas, or this guy went to Tennessee, so they must be cheating because he didn't go to Alabama. Like, that's over. The word cheating should just be done. I'm done with the word cheating. It's right. You are paying someone money for being good at football. There's nothing morally wrong with that. And guess what? What have we been complaining about with this sport for the last 20 years? The same four schools win the national title. Nobody but these four schools can compete for the national title. Well, now all of a sudden, players are going to places like Jackson State. And we're complaining about that, too? Yeah, the like, A&M Nick does Saban this three more times. A&M does this three more times. They'll be competing for national championships, too. Oh, and that would be a different school competing for a national championship, which would be the thing people claimed that they wanted. Or is it just you want your school to be able to do it and nobody else? Yeah. Like, you, if you're, you know, you're a, you're a Penn State fan, you want Penn State to be able to compete for national title, but no, but no, no other new people. Like, no, no, no. This system might allow some more schools to do it. Now, I think it's going to completely eliminate other schools, but they were schools that never really had a chance to win the national title anyway. But the group of schools that is capable of competing for the national title, let's say this this pattern keeps up for five or ten more years, will be larger. What was your actual, like last night, um, I was very tired and I was falling asleep when this happened. Um, but what was your initial thought about Nick Saban when you read what he saw or saw what he said? So I watched the entire seven minute answer because I wanted to put it all in context. And my thought was what it usually is with Nick Saban at first. This is calculated. What's his end game here? And that's what I kept trying to figure out. What's his end game? Because usually when he says stuff like this, he's sort of just sort of plinking at the at the the barrier to say, where's the weak spot here? Where, where, what can I find to take advantage of so that I can do this better than everybody else? This is, it's sort of the same thing with the with the up-tempo offenses when he says, this is what we want football to be. It wasn't so much a, a complaint as a legitimate, I'm just asking here. Because if you say yes... I'm going to go ahead and do this with better players and you're going to see what happens. And he did. And it worked. <laughs> three, three national titles since that happened, since that change was made for him. And so he, he's been the most adaptable head coach in America. And that, that has been his greatest superpower. So my thought initially was, what is his endgame here? He's got to be trying to figure something out so that he can do this better than anybody else. But the more I thought about it, and, and especially after Jimbo Fisher went scorched earth on Thursday, I think you're right. I think you have it right, right now. He is looking, he has built this colossus where he had the biggest advantage. You know, he talked about, 
well, everything we want everything to be equal in college football. No, your entire state of being was built on Alabama being better at all of this other stuff than everybody else. Yes, you only got a scholarship just like everybody else, but Alabama will train you better for the NFL. Alabama will spend more on a nutritionist. Alabama will spend more on food. Alabama will hire better medical personnel. Alabama will hire better strength personnel. Alabama will have more people coaching you. Like all of those things. He created a system where he could tell recruits Alabama is better this way and this way and this way. And that's worth else. more than an NIL deal to me. It still is. And, and that's the thing. What is it like? If we're neither of us is a lawyer, but the whole point of the Sherman Antitrust Act is to keep competitors from colluding to price fix. That's that's the whole point. So in this case, you had competitors colluding to price fix a labor market. So what you want is for them to compete and compete in different ways and try to find the most efficient way to do the thing they're trying to do. So what's interesting to me is now you have competing philosophies because Nick Saban, and maybe this was what he was trying to feel out. Do you think I should just go in and buy these guys or should I keep doing it the way I'm doing it? Yeah. I think there's a happy medium there. I don't I don't think that it has like Alabama is ever going to be in a position where it needs to offer eight I, million dollars for a quarterback to go play there. Um and I don't know if the sport in general is going to be at a place in four or five years where people are making eight million dollars to come there. I think this is new. I think it's going off the rails. Uh, the fact that transfer rules and NIL got introduced in the same summer was definitely bound to create some turbulence. Um, but well, I the, do the think that one rule piece of this is is even more interesting. Because well, because it, is, it, it makes it different about what how much money you want to invest if somebody can leave. It and it changes it exponentially, and 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 creates a, a new you know avenue, a new for world it. of tampering. There's always tampering before, but tampering's different now because. Sometimes the tampering doesn't necessarily come from another school. It comes from an a the, the kid's agent telling him, hey, I can get you this here and this here and this here. And the kid believing that, going into the portal and then finding out, oh, crap, I can't get this anywhere. I, I, now, and, and now I'm out at the old place. Andy, if there was, uh, what's a, what would be a fun name for um, an athletic competitor? Uh, athletic supporter athleticsupporter.com <laughs> yes. that's a terrible name how about the armchair quarterback I um, like it okay and it's a huge conglomerate of uh, national and local writers um, for every sport everywhere and there was a college football columnist named Smandy Smaples okay and Smandy Smaples does everything that you do mm -hmm. and equally as good or a little yep. bit worse because you're amazing and you found out that Smandy Smaples makes three times as much money as you. Yep. What would you do? I would uh, try to get the same amount of money. If, if all things are equal, then I, I want the same amount of money. So the armchairquarterback.com isn't tampering. No. You're just a human being with a brain who hears mm -hmm. what he's worth and wants mm -hmm. to rectify that he's being underpaid. Again, this is all fine. The The... Decades spent villainizing people in college football for giving players money or for players taking money. People are going to have to rewire their brains to understand that that just isn't bad. Like I've been trying to tell you guys for years, there's nothing morally wrong with giving someone money for being good at football or singing or golf or acting. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. So in the beginning of the NIL era, last July, a year ago, I, I remember you vividly, I vividly remember you saying on the podcast that you believed that things would go off the rails early and that the market would set itself and then more rational spending habits would prevail once people yes. saw whether it worked or not. A year into this now, as we sit here on May 19th, almost a year, do you believe that we are going to see a 
regression of the money coming out or do you think that it's going to be the wild wild west money flying everywhere it's only going to get worse i think the way money flows will 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 change over the years i i think it will flow less to recruits and more to proven transfers coming up from from a low what it was considered a lower level school to a higher level school because they're they're a proven commodity and then and then the deals that will have to be made to keep good players at their schools are going to have to be big, which is fine because that like the Nick Saban's of the world cannot complain about that because that's just part of the deal. They've proven themselves in college. You're not inducing them to, to stay. You're inducing them to stay at your school, I guess, but you're just offering them money. You're offering them deals because they have proven their worth as a college football player. Like, if, that, you, if you say the no word NIL, if you say the word NIL in a sales pitch, mm-hmm. You're inducing them from NIL. That's it. In my is opinion. that is that is that the case? So here's, if you here's if you want to come to Alabama and you can be Bryce Young one day, look how much money Bryce Young is making. That that's is an not an inducement to me. It is. That is information. I understand. That you feel like that. If that needs. person decides that they want to be like Bryce Young and make as much money as them, they are choosing Alabama because of their financial potential there. So and I'm, that's what I'm making a point that the inducement the NCAA, rule is uh, swarm Nick Saban now. No, but I'm just saying, like, there's no, there's not much difference between here's a duffel bag with 80 grand in it, and here's how much Bryce Young makes. One's bird of the hand, and one's potential, but it's both an inducement to come play for financial reasons. Right, and 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 that's that's the thing. What these two are complaining about, the the Nick Saban and the and the Jimbo Fisher, it's purely semantics. You're both using money to induce players to come to your. Also, school. the thing I don't understand is like Jimbo Fisher gets out there. This is the second time he's done this, or even the third time, saying we didn't pay a single player and like was denying it. Why are you denying it? Who gives a crap? Exactly. Like why? Like I'd be like, yeah, we did. We did it better than you. What are you going to do about it, big guy? That's we got more money was, than remember you. That was my initial reaction, and I asked some people, and and part of it was because I said. With the when the thirty million dollar thing came out, why not just go? Yup, we yep. had thirty million bucks. Call us. Our DMs are 60 open. Million. Our DMs but, are open. Yeah, but I talked to some people there, and and the explanation made sense. The inducement. There isn't thirty again. million, and if if people come in expecting there to be thirty million, and there's not, they're gonna get kind of pissed off. And I wonder if the legend makes you more attractive than it being out there too. True. I think like, I don't know if there's like a certain like thought process. It's just like what the thing that is the most frustrating thing to me about NIL is there is no on paper fact about who got paid what or who was promised what. If you had to guess, like what did AM actually do? I would be very interested in knowing the answer well, to that question so and not like Fairyland Twitter statements. Here's what I've been told by people involved in that process. Players, recruits were shown deals that current players have. Okay. That's it. That's what I was. And then, and then the, but the obvious, as you said, the obvious next logical step is the, the recruit goes, Oh, so I can get that. And which is the same exact thing as saying Bryce Young made a million dollars in a news conference. Pretty much. Name the difference. the diff- well, uh, this is the difference in, in I, w- I would say, in Nick Saban's mind, but not really in the mind of any anybody Anyone else. else? <laughs> yeah. So let's say that that player signs with Texas A&M. Then the contract gets worked up to buy their NIL rights. The, the collective buys the NIL rights, which is it's essentially a marketing guarantee. Like you, you would normally see this when a player finishes college, is about to go to the NFL. Uh, their a, their marketing agent will give them what's called a marketing guarantee, which is I'm giving you this much up front. You're going to earn it back. And then once once you've earned it all back and paid me back, then you're just making money against the draw. And, and I, you take 90%, I take 10%, that sort of thing. And that's what they're doing. They're buying the players' NIL rights whole. and But they haven't taken a snap yet. So they haven't proven that they're semantics. worth any of this money. It's all semantics. I know it's all semantics, but that's why I'm saying a Nick Saban will go, well, that player clearly isn't worth as much as Will Anderson because Will Anderson was the best player in the country last year, and this guy's never taken a snap, and you're still giving him a six-figure deal. Well, 
That's what they chose to do. And let That's them do how it. They chose to spend. And if it doesn't money. work out, you're going to have a lot of people who lost a lot of money, and it's going to be hilarious. Well, and that, that's exactly right. That Nick Saban clip we played earlier, I'll play it again. I'll play it again because I, I, I think this is important. So the, the last part of this clip, listen closely. And my theory on that is everything that we've done in college athletics has always been equal. Your scholarship is equal. They get equal Austin, Austin money. They get equal uh, cost of attendance. Uh, they get equal academic support. They get equal medical attention. Everything has always been equal. So I told our players, I said, we're going to have a collective, but everybody's going to get the same amount of opportunity from that collective. Now, you can go earn however much you want. And I tell the recruits the same thing, because our job is not to buy you to come to school here. And I don't know how you manage your locker room, and I don't know if this is a sustainable model, uh, because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut, I think, and I'm going to tell everybody I got that guy to come to Alabama. And then he's not going to play, and he's going to transfer, and you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. All right, so I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know how you sustain a model like that. But you just answered your own question, Nick Saban. It's not sustainable. How it, how it works is the dumb booster who wasted the money on the guy who transferred doesn't do that again. That's like, right. That's how that works. I just let it roll. I think yeah. that I, and that's the entire point of the column that I wrote is that I understand why Nick Saban would be upset, but NIL, NIL won't be able to match what he has going for him right now. No. And, and it would take years for anyway. Now here's the thing with Texas A&M or with Georgia or with Miami or with Oregon or Tennessee, those programs all have lots of money. Well, Miami recently has come into lots of money. Everybody else has had lots of money. If they get slightly better, they will probably be putting guys in the NFL at a pretty good clip. I mean, AM had a first rounder this year in Kenyon Green. So it's not like they're not already producing draft picks. Some of these programs and Georgia, I mean, just set a record with how many they produce. So that may be the other part of, of what Nick Saban is is scared of is that advantage may fall away a little bit too. I don't think it go it doesn't go away completely, obviously, because Alabama is sure. still on a if you bring if crazy you bring, run. But if you bring more five star prospects into your program, you have a higher likelihood of having first round draft picks ex exit your program. Yes. But the story that Bill Landis did last week was really eye opening because there are a lot of programs that have signed a ton of five-star prospects the last 10 years who have been terrible at turning them into draft picks. Mm -hmm. So like to me, the signing signing of the draft pick is a huge hurdle. And I, it's something I write about and yell about constantly, but the gift of maintaining that five-star status into making them a first round pick because Nick Saban doesn't just have the most draft picks from five-star prospects. He has the highest average draft positioning too, by that's multiple correct. That, and that's, that so, is the bigger thing. That's their best recruiting tool. Yeah, and it's like, you're not just like, oh, you might get picked in the fifth round and then not even reach a second contract. This is like, you are going to sign a signing bonus that makes the $8 million man shriek in his shorts. Mm -hmm. And I and I don't know exactly, like, to me, taking $8 million in the hand is a lot of money, and I understand that. But the investment piece of what you're getting at Alabama is so much more valuable. But, like you said, too, if Texas A&M is the $80 million class every year or whatever fake number you want to throw out there and have people believe that in five years, if they do it consecutively, their team is going to rise up and be better. Then there'll be a sexier team for, for recruits going in. They'll be more recognizable. They'll have more first round draft picks and thus they'll be a more attractive place. Well, and, and, and again, the, the unspoken guy, the, the guy we, we haven't heard from in all this, who's just uh, – one of our, our YouTube commenters was explaining that, that he's sitting back and, and laughing at all this. Uh, well, I mean, that's actually kind of like the way it, Kirby smart it is. Cause, cause uh, yeah. Uh, Porter Osborne says, you know, Kirby's just sitting back and laughing here. He's right. Georgia had five first rounders that nine players drafted in the first three rounds this year. You put now they're not going to put together many more years exactly like this, but you have, years like this every once in a while and and then consistently have a first rounder or two every year, you are Alabama at that point. Yeah. Well, because Alabama had six first round draft picks in last year's draft. 
Right. And then turned around and made the national title again, game again. Right. And might have been one. <laughs> Maybe Jameson the two best Will- players in the country. Yeah. yeah. And, and one Jamison Williams blown knee away from probably winning that game. And it was close at the end. So not taking anything away from Georgia. Fantastic job winning the national title. I'm just making a point that Alabama was back and on the cusp of winning a championship again, even after setting the what was it the record for most first round draft picks in a yeah. single year, yep. tying Miami's from 01. Yep. So, uh, you know. I don't know, man. I, the, the thing that I want to know is like at the bottom of this screen here, it says Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban, who you got. And is it is wildly entertaining as it was to talk about this today and watch the videos and laugh? I feel like they both look kind of stupid. You got two guys making about nine and a half, ten million bucks a year, sniping at one another over stuff that both of them do. Pretty much the same way. One of which was wearing a $60,000 Rolex. I see. You knew that. I did. Yeah. He can afford it. He's got. No, I know. It just, it's funny to like joke about. A guaranteed contract. No, I'm not saying he shouldn't. <laughs> if I were in his position, I would have one too. I'm just saying as you're like yelling about not about money and all the things that come along with it. It's just like kind of a funny paradox to me. Well, all. yeah. And, and, and Nick Saban trying to say, don't give this guy money this way. Like only give people money in the way that I approve. Like, why of. are you the czar of get to figuring <laughs> yeah. out how people get their money? Uh, like you got plenty of money. Now I I've argued and still argue that Nick Saban is actually worth more than Alabama pays him, but he took the salary and it's continued to balloon since he got there. So again, he shouldn't really get to dictate how other people decide to take their money and when they decide to take it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's let's talk about our, the, the actual meetings themselves, the, the who you got, because there's, there's two different kinds of this. There is the when their teams play, which Nick Saban has won all but one of those. The one he didn't was last year. But there's also the when they meet in person, which will happen in less than two weeks in Destin, Florida. They have to sit in the same room together for hours over two days. How's that going to go? Okay, so who do you have in a fist fight? Yeah. Jimbo. Two West Virginia dudes scrapping. Nick Saban is a very handsome and in-shape man for his age. Mm-hmm. Jimbo is like a Rottweiler ready to take a swing today. I think like, he's he, uh, so dur- pissed. During his uh, press conference, he uh, he was like, his fists were balled up and you could feel him clenching almost. Uh, you could hear him breathing. Like he, he was, he was seething with rage well you want to know the other thing that you have to take into account too is that like when i first started covering urban meyer at ohio state urban meyer basically had a picture of nick saban up in the ohio state football building and everything that that program did every single day was to beat alabama and to be alabama and to to reach the mountaintop and that was in 2014 so eight years later, Nick Saban is still there. But like you're telling me, who do you think is hanging up in the AM building? It's it's Saban. Beat Alabama. Make the SEC championship game. Got to beat Alabama on the way to doing it. Win a national title. Legitimize Texas A&M football. So there is something about the person that you have the target on being condescending towards your effort to beat them. Because you don't. You, when you beat them, you want it to be natural. You want it to be accepted. And you want people to view you as a worthy adversary. And if Nick Saban is being condescending towards the way that AM is building their program, then it kind of takes away the gratification of what it might be to actually beat them a little bit. Now it'll be satisfying because Jimbo Fisher probably hates Nick Saban right now, but you want to legitimately win. You want that undisputed victory and you don't want people to say if, and when you do it, that all Texas A&M did was pay players more and stuff. And I can understand why that would be frustrating too. So Chris on the YouTube comments asked, why do we think Jimbo feels the need to have a whole press conference to defend himself in Texas A&M? Wouldn't you want to defend yourself if somebody came at you like that? I mean, 
that's kind of a silly question. <laughs> of course he wants to defend himself. Like, why, why wouldn't he have one? Also, we were highly entertained, and we appreciate that. Yeah, it's college football, and it's May 19th, and it's the biggest story in sports during the NBA playoffs. I mean, the coach at one SEC school went completely scorched earth yeah. on the greatest coach of all time. He, he called him a narcissist in a press conference. Yeah, and then he also said to go look into his past and find all the skeletons in his glass right? house. <laughs> like, he, like, I think you said everything that a human being could say that you were not supposed to say. And he said it in with such conviction and authoritative, uh, you know, voice. Well, he's worked with the man. Yeah. So, like, I I'd be curious to see what Saban says next. And I don't know if, when he's when he's scheduled to talk again, or if he's got any events that he's going to do. Uh, I will be in Destin when he gets there, and he usually talks that day. That'll be that'll be crazy. Oh, by the way, that room we just talked about. Where, where they will have to be in the same room together with, with these other people. Think about the other people who are also in that room. Lane Kiffin, who's had plenty to say about all this. You saw his tweet too, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Mike Leach will be in that room. Brian Kelly will be in that room. How much money do you think that they could charge for a pay-per-view of just a live stream of what's I going would on pay at least $100. At least. Oh, I'd pay more than that. Oh, it, it would be amazing. I think think about all of, like who would who would be the most amused? Like, do you think do you think Shane Beamer and, and Sam Pittman would just be sitting together laughing? Like, can you believe we're in this? Uh Mark Stoops might be off to the side chuckling a little bit. Oh my god. I'm trying to think of like who like what's Eli Drinkwitz's situation right now? Oh, Eli Drinkwitz is class clowning the whole thing. Like, he's shooting spitballs at everyone. Yeah, I'm going to go down the list, and you tell me what you think they're going to do. All right. Brian Harson, uh, is he just like, I'm Brian happy Harson to be here is saying, still? thank God <laughs> no one is paying attention to me right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Leach, is he off, Mike, like, chasing a squirrel somewhere? <laughs> My, Mike Leach is, is going to, to get into a, an argument about antitrust law, and, and they're going to be like, Mike, we were talking about scheduling. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shane Beamer. The, Shane's just going to be completely amused by all this. He, uh, I, he will, he knows when to keep his mouth shut and, and this will be that time The the one I'm curious about is Kirby. Cause it, oh, no, point... no, no, no. You're missing a good one. I think Josh okay. Heupel will be like the scene in dumb and dumber when, uh, <laughs> when Lloyd throws the, uh, the salt shaker and it hits and then <laughs> Josh Heupel is going to be like, he's going to close it and he's going like this with his fingers. Oh, he's gonna point it. He's just gonna point at A and M. No, 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 no. <laughs> like he's like he has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I. What are you talking about? Please come, focus your attention on Jimbo Fisher. And then after not look Nick, at me. And then after Nick Saban walks out of the room, Hypo look at him and goes, "You really wussed out, man." <laughs> like after he, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Pittman, I think will be amused. Lane Kiffin, uh, man, Lane, I don't even know what Lane Kiffin's role is. Oh uh, no, he's he's standing behind Nick Saban, going, "Yeah, Nick." See, here's the thing with Lane. Lane Lane is very funny, sharp, acerbic on Twitter. But in person, I don't know that, that he, because he's not really an extrovert in person. So yeah. I don't know that he is really taking part in this. I think he's he's That's also he's, sitting back he's and standing, No, he's standing behind Nick Saban going, you think yeah, so? after everything. You tell him, Steve, Dave. Yeah, he doesn't say any of it, but he goes, yeah, uh, because <laughs> what's kind of what he's doing on Twitter because he's been implying NIL stuff since the beginning of time. Right. And every single time anybody points at he he retweeted the thing about Texas A&M's recruiting classes today. Yes, from just some random guy. Some random guy that has Some random guy who's like incorrect this is not information. my information. Yeah. I just Nor found is it, it from right? another random guy. Nor is it correct. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um that's funny. Okay, who am I forgetting? Billy Napier is just drinking a coffee. Like yeah, Billy Napier is like, God, things are so much different here. But, he, but he's also taking notes. No, he's like, yeah, Billy Napier is the freshman who just got dropped off at high school for his first day of, of high school. <laughs> um, Brian Kelly is uh, probably changing his accent back to Midwestern because he doesn't want anything to do with it. Oh, no, man, Brian, is... Brian Kelly is going to get in a, an argument with somebody about some of this Yeah, because he can't help himself. So you're you're saying he's gonna stick with the southern accent? No, no, I th I think he'll he'll have his own. It won't be the Jolie Molinero, the Jolie Molinero call where he comes in with the the plantation owner accent that 
<laughs> that he does for Brian Kelly. It will be uh, maybe he goes back to his his native uh, his native Boston accent and be like, "Hey guys, we're gonna pack our car next to the bar and we'll we'll get this straightened out." How about Kirby Smart though? Like, at what point does everybody just turn and look at him and he goes? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was I was polishing this national championship ring. I, I didn't hear any of this. <laughs> He's playing words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I, I mean, this is this will be the gift that keeps on giving. Because do you kind of have to pick sides? Like most of these guys have worked together at some point. I don't know that I have to pick sides. Not you, them. Oh, oh! You mean in the in the in the room, in the room within the SEC? You know, because look, the SEC is probably going to work on policy, trying to come up. the The best way to actually have any rules and be able to enforce them is is kind of do it at the conference level at this point. So now they got now now you're going to have factions, and that's going to get real interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. The thing about it is, is that they were arguing about semantics, and I don't think anybody's right or wrong. They were well, saying mean things about each other, and yeah. they're both kind of engaging in it in their own ways. Right. They're, you know, Jimbo's mad because Nick Saban attacked him, and Nick Saban's mad because he sees a threat to his empire. And listen, this is the soap opera that I want from the Southeastern Conference. This is the best sport in the world. It is the best sport in the universe. It's like... I don't know anything about wrestling. I've never gotten into it, but I kind of feel like college football comes with the drama of wrestling, except the games aren't rigged. Name me a better press conference. Is it Jim Mora playoffs? That that was good. That best, was off the cuff. My favorite press conference. Well, sorta. Uh, my favorite press conference in the entire world. Um, I'm trying to find it. What 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 year it was? Um, Jim Calhoun. When they asked him oh, about Ryan Oh, not a Gomes. dime back. Yeah. Not a dime back. Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah. When uh, he, he, yeah. He How about when, when, when Cheney ran in and tried to coke, uh, to choke John Calipari? Didn't he say, I'll kill you? Yes, he did. <laughs> when Cheney was at Temple and, and Calipari was at UMass. It was a literal death threat. Like, came in and tried to choke him. <laughs> That's funny because the SID, if I'm not at, at Ohio State, that I got to know very well during my time there, I think was the Temple SID when that happened. Oh, good Lord. Oh, Caleb on, on YouTube. I'm a man. I'm 40. How could we forget? Yeah, I'm a man. I'm 40. Like, those ones are funny. But, like, I also understand, like, there's a difference between outbursts and frustration and what happened today. This, I think, is kind of in a league of its own in, yes. in terms of of somebody calling a press conference to tear down another coach. Like, the only reason why the press conference was called was to respond to another comment and to flamethrow the other person. Yes. Well, where all these other press conferences, something happened in the midst of it that caused a meltdown or caused a funny interaction. And we're still waiting on Dion here, by the way. Like, that, that's the other piece of this. Like, what's Dion going to say? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, if, when. I mean, I think the thing that Travis Hunter tweeted was probably more powerful than anything Dion could say. That's true. Maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> How crazy is it that Deion Sanders is the biggest grown-up of these guys here? I mean, he did tweet. He said, I'm going to address this tomorrow, but... And then he addressed it right then in his tweet. So I don't know what's left to be said. Well, he also but... had some James Brown playing behind it. Also, payback. does... Again, I don't know, and I'm ignorant to this because I have uh, haven't spent much time in Mississippi or whatever, but jackson state from what i understand has a pretty passionate following right they do yes but i don't know if the passionate following is enough to uh, to get that money together no no he like that it, seems well, like a fairy tale well like that, that that would be a dion deal because dion is capable of getting that kind of money together and this is why we've had this conversation on the podcast before that in this environment dion at a power five school could be really interesting yeah really interesting yeah. So it's it, here's a, but we, we talked about the meetings in Destin. What happens at the next Aflac commercial shoot? That's funny. I saw the pictures of them together. I mean, the Ducks, the Ducks going to be like, quack word. <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. I, there was, there was no other choice. Yeah. yeah. What, 
what is the what is the duck supposed to do when these two won't even talk to each other? Well, Aflac is about insuring you for um, injury relate or injuries related to work, right? Like that's one of the policies it's, they're it's always supplemental selling. Supplemental insurance. So supplemental if you, insurance. If, if you thing. get hurt and you can't work, it's to help you. And it doesn't hurt to miss work. Defray your costs. Yeah, exactly. So these are occupational hazards. <laughs> wow. What I think we should do Old is circle. remove Dion from mm-hmm. the commercial. Okay. Insert Jimbo. And just let him fight? Let him fight. And whoever gets beaten up gets his Aflac po- policy. And it doesn't hurt to miss work. Genius. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Andy Sable Show brought to you by Aflac, which has not paid us a penny for this ad. Aflac will be invoicing you at some time soon. Ari, this has been a pleasure. We might be back when Dion says something, I'll be honest. Yeah, I this don't know. Is... I, I'm not leaving the house today, it looks like. so. Greatest sport ever. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.